Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Park Scope Unprofessional Podcast Hour. My name is Joe. Joining us tonight is, let's look at my list right now, actually. Alan. Alan, how are you doing? I'm alive. That's doing good. all right. How is uh, Europe? Which we'll get into a little bit, but. Tiring. Greatly tiring. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, we'll get into your trip report a little bit later. But also joining us is Nick. Nick, how are you doing? Joe, I uh, think I want to be introduced from now on as a member of Derek Bergen's fa- uh, focus group and the guy who um, Bob Iger likes his tweets. <laughs> well, that did happen. You are a Disney influencer now since Bob Iger, the CEO of the Walt Disney Company, likes your tweets. So He is weatherman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Also joining us is Sean. Sean, how are you doing? Oh, tired, Joe. I'm tired too. It's been it's Everyone been a tired. Damn tired. It's been Why a long are you tired? We're all tired. Why are you tired? We're all tired. So yeah, much to hear my story, my friend. So much stuff and to do. Be revealed. I mean, you know, I, I haven't worked in a month. I had to deal with the city this week, which is never fun. <sighs> Work's been a blast on my end, so it's just like wearing me out. Yeah, actually, I, I doubled my workload in the past two weeks, so. That also, also two times nothing is nothing, Sean. No, I don't do nothing. I just don't do a lot. <laughs> now I do like a normal workload. <laughs> Heaven forbid. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's let's get to the news, shall we? Uh, let's do some quick ones before we get into the big nut, the nutty subject. That sounded real bad. I should rephrase that. Let's get into the yes, phrasing. Let's get into the. The I don't know a good word to put here. The that Transformers is actually a decent movie from what we're hearing. That's not that's not news. That's <laughs> that's fake news. That's not real. Um, so it could just be by comparison in yeah. the general scope of things. Also, exactly. who said this? I don't know. I've seen it from several people. Oh, uh, like yeah, I don't believe that. I don't either. Is it like all the people who they took to uh, Batman vs. Superman, all the DC fans for like the opening, uh, and they're like, this is the best movie, it's so good, it's better than all the other ones. It's the greatest movie ever. And then everyone was like, nope. So, um, anyway, Hurler 2.0, whatever it's going to be, King's Dominion teased out August 16th as the reveal date. There, that That's something. Right. I want them to bring back the Wayne's World theming. They should bring, they don't bring back the Wayne's World theming, I don't care. <laughs> you should care anyways because it's RMC, but that's okay. Yeah, I know. I'm sure. I, I would say, yeah. I, if the if I get a, uh, it'd be really good if it was like the revamped Wayne's World with like a uh, 55 year old. Uh, I would Myers. totally be okay with that. Yeah, just, and just <laughs> he's just like looks miserable and sad. <laughs> Since and, Mike Myers uh, isn't doing anything, they just have him hired to be like like cast work at the park. <laughs> he does a live sort of like ironic ride where it's like you know the whole theme of it is that he had this ride and it was really good and then it turned really bad because <laughs> corporate didn't spend money on it and now they've revamped into something totally against his vision so it's kind of like the original movie yeah when when he had the tv show and they redid it and it was awful and uh but but now he lives that as his life well, so we... that's that's my suggestion well, I don't know how we can top that. Hurler 2.0 coming in August. Um, Mike Myers just there chained to a desk doing a live pre-show for every ride. Yeah, yeah it's like a 45-minute like loop of him going, I wish I died. <laughs> Killed me. Mike Myers is on every single ride vehicle. 
So you, you ride with him like uh, like, like um, e. or or Rex from from Star Tours. He just rides yeah, every single one and narrates it. Or what I can be like Garth, and he's just been stuffed. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say for years, and they've just kind of preserved him and built the pulse of wood. I find your lack of discussion of Dana Carvey's uh, career since Wayne's World. <laughs> Or what uh, they do is they switch the theming and Hurler goes up to Mean Streak and Mean Streak comes down to Hurler. But anyway, never mind. That wasn't a good idea. <laughs> I, just, I just want something interesting at Cedar Point. So, anyway. Also, talking about interesting wooden roller coasters, uh, Mind Blower opens tomorrow. We're actually recording this on the 22nd. Oh, uh, yeah, it does open tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. It, it started testing a week ago and now it's going to open tomorrow. Because why not? It looks so good. It looks Did they have a good event? Yeah, they didn't have a. They did. They have an on-ride video of it, and they had. A, I think Media Day was today or something. Well, I, I saw an on-ride photo, but video, but I haven't. I haven't been online today, so. Yeah, it's it's really. It looks really good. It looks really it looks good. So it good. does. It looks really like, really good. The barrel roll over the station is so sweet. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love that ride. I'm so stoked about that ride. Like, I, I know that I know that Avatar is good according to Nick, and I believe that it probably is pretty good, but. There's no way it's as good as Mindblower. There's no way. No, it's not physically possible. Mindblower is going to be so good. So excited. Mindblower is going to be amazing. Um, but yeah, that's opening tomorrow. So we should head. So once uh, this episode goes up, we should have more information and know how many people an hour it puts through, or if it's like running one train operations with like ten minute dispatches or something. Um, we'll know that tomorrow. <laughs> Um, I would like to. I wish I could just go ride it. I wish I didn't have to pay for the. You know what I mean? Like if I could pay like ten dollars and ride it. Yeah, that's exactly what you can do. You can. Yeah, Yeah. but instead of ten dollars, it's like nine bucks. Okay. (laughs) You need to advertise that better on their on their website. I thought thought all you. I thought you had to pay forty dollars for a day pass to do fun spot stuff. Nah, nah. I I learned something new. Thank you. (laughs) You could do both. Fun spot, it's great, and they have three dollar beer. So how can you beat it? How can you go wrong? Sean, we're going to Fun Spot. Yeah, we're definitely doing that one day. <laughs> so what I'm suggesting is we go to. We're literally seeing every new thing in Orlando this K- trip. Yeah. So Kissimmee, we can go. We can go to Kissimmee and do Mind Blower. We can go. We're to gonna Ro- see the Lando. new Justin Bieber wax figure. Well, oh, that's what I'm forgetting from it, the Nick. news. <laughs> um. Then we can go to Orlando Fun Spot and do White Lightning for nine bucks, and then we can get three dollar Yinglings. And then we can see the Justin Bieber wax figure, which for some odd reason, I found out he has 11 other ones. Justin Bieber has 11 wax figures around the world. So your goal in life for your Steve Martin movie is to go see all the Justin Bieber wax figures around the world? Clearly, it's going to be like a Muppet movie, but I'm like riding along in the, uh, in the Studebaker, <laughs> but it's Steve Martin seeing all the Justin Bieber wax figures. But anyway, mind blower. It's going to be really good. I'm really excited. It looks so good. So, Sean, yeah, you want to tackle this one a little bit, but we're talking about Dry and Tame some. Oh, yeah. Yeah, remember that? Uh, I was just reading, like, the um, news report, one of the news reports from Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the it got approved, Universal's plan to build the 4,000 rooms, you know, two hotels, uh, one on each side of, um, is, that, is that I drive or is that Universal Boulevard? Universal Boulevard, I think. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it went up before the city council this week, and it got approved, as it obviously would. Um, 
there's some interesting things came out of the the city mm-hmm. thing. So uh, the first one the, says the plans also talk of a possible new attraction being incorporated into the complex, but no tales are provi- no details are provided. Yeah, um, which jives with some rumors we've heard. Um, and then the parking garage on the corner of Universal and I Drive mm-hmm. has to have a facade to cover it, which is like. I mean, fine. It's gonna. It's interesting, but it's weird that they're like, "No, Universal, you need to put a facade on your parking garage." A facade that hides its purpose is yeah. is the oddly worded <laughs> and very specific. Yeah. So could it be like not a parking garage, but some other lame thing? Like I don't know, like a bus terminal. They could just disguise it as. <laughs> um, it's so odd. And then the last one said, the planners also require that plazas at the corner be visually appealing and act as a gathering spot for pedestrians. Which, I mean, whatever. Yeah. I can't wait to gather with pedestrians on iDrive. Yeah, right? right? Yeah, with all the uh, Brazilian and uh, British tourists who are trying to go to IHOP at 9.45 in the morning or so. Mm-hmm. Or, like, the poor people that are, like, begging for change and uh, basically, like, the squeegee man equivalents. Trying to sell one roses. in the morning outside the Perkins. Yeah. Not that there would be Perkins, because of course, uh, was it Skyplex or whatever the heck it's going to be called? It's going to be built one day. That's sure, totally going to be built <laughs> completely. Definitely happening. <laughs> oh goodness! That's that's is a, it an opening next year? Sure, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> I think it's like twenty twenty now, twenty twenty one. Oh, was it? Yeah, originally it was like supposed to be twenty eighteen, and now it's been delayed a few years. So who knows? Every, so every once in a while, they first? announce that they're going to add another ride to the tower, and then it moves back two years. So I was going right to say, now. haven't they added like three rides to it since they announced it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think it's twenty twenty eight now based on that <laughs> map. So which happens first, Avatar sequel or that thing? I have Avatar no idea. Sequel. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it'll probably be an Avatar sequel because you know what? If if um if what's his name dies. Uh, James Cameron. And, yeah, if James Cameron dies, they'll just find someone else to finish the movies. Ron Howard. And then yeah, they'll get Ron Howard. <laughs> and, Timely and they'll joke. Be done, they'll be done in like six months, even if it's like a direct to Netflix special. Uh, whereas this, like, if it does get built, I picture it being like a twenty-five foot centerpiece to a mini golf course. <laughs> so on my calendar yesterday. Uh, I had a reminder set from a year ago called Avatar Delayed Again, because that was the last time <laughs> Avatar was delayed was a year ago. And I can confirmly say that, yes, it's been delayed in, in the past year. It got delayed yet another year. I think it's year. been delayed like twice in the last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, la- last year, June 21st, it was delayed, and then it was just delayed this past like January, because that's when they were like, oh, we're totally, it's totally happening, these dates now. But... <laughs> But yeah, so that means it's probably going to get delayed again and still open before Skyplex. So, uh, unfortunately, man. they're waiting for Fern Gully two to be made first, so they have <laughs> a movie to base it off of. Uh, oh, Avatar! What are we going to do with you? Uh, so let's get to the real good news, shall we? Right. So last episode of the podcast we recorded like two weeks ago and it released a week ago, and and. And of course, I'm like, oh, we have some Nintendo stuff. They did groundbreaking. And then I was like, well, if this episode comes out and there's new Nintendo news and we don't talk about it. In Japan. Yeah, in Japan. And we don't talk about it because we recorded the episode early. So, of course, that Saturday, 
this guy on Twitter decides to start leaking Nintendo uh, stuff. So now we have all this Nintendo concept art and schematics that we haven't touched a, yet. So it's such a weird situation. It really is a weird situation. So this guy is claiming that um, I forget what his name is. I think it's Gary Snyder <clears throat> is claiming that he's working with a law firm to leak out these proposals somehow. Like that's what he's claiming. And, Wait, really? Yeah, no, it's real weird. Like, <laughs> like this one law firm has this artwork, and I'm releasing it on their behalf or something like that. I forget how he worded it, but it was real weird. And then he's been making these claims, like, hey, all this stuff's happening. And then he's basically, and so let's let's just start off. The proposal, as we understand it, is from the original one of the original pitches to Nintendo for the project. Basically, yeah, this is this is the exact layout we heard about. As soon as, like, huh? Yeah, in 2015. Yeah, yeah, yeah in 2015. Like, this is word for word exactly what we heard about. Yeah, so we know that much. And then then we hear that he's like, oh, well, this is exa- this is what's happening with Nintendo in Orlando, which we're like, well, it doesn't mesh with what we're hearing now. But then he's also claiming that, oh, yeah, Yoshi's coming too, but it's going to replace E.T., which is not replaced on this concept art. So it's this really weird, bizarre thing where it feels like he has old information and he's just trying to apply it as new stuff or trying to pass it I on mean, as new. Or I hope he's right. <laughs> yeah, so let's uh, let's go through the concept art real, real quickly before we get to the real meat of the episode of going through trip reports because we know that's why everyone's here. Trip reports <laughs> for the 80th, 80th Pandora trip report. Um, so the Mushroom Kingdom... It's going to be the entrance area, and it's going to be right where they have um, animal actors right now. They're going to start taking over some of the, uh, um, the... What is that area? The Central Park area, Sean? Yeah. 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 But I don't think it goes, goes out that far. It doesn't go that far. Huh? Yeah, it does. No, it's like where the flags are right now. Oh, okay. Is where it starts. Okay, cool. Central Park should still be pretty much what it is. Yeah. Okay, so... The main entryway is Princess Peach's Castle. There we go. I can pronounce words. I swear. Um, giant indoor area with a Bullet Bills flying ride, which would be like a TTA-style ride yeah. that would go yeah. around and outside this um, this indoor structure. There would be a Koopa Troopa's Spinning Shells ride, which would be teacups, basically. Uh, interactive games. I can't tell what the other word is. Just as interactive than gobbledygook. A World of of Nintendo Superstore, which I think it would be like those, like the uh, Nintendo New York City store. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The creatively named retail areas. <laughs> Mario and Luigi's Pizza, which I don't know how that would work with Luigi's Pizza in New York. Um, Pokemon Training Academy. Which that would be an interesting thing to see what that is. I have no clue. Yeah. Um. There'd be a character- yeah. We never heard. That's the only thing new that we didn't hear about originally. Yeah. No. Um. And we still have no idea what that would be. The yeah. there'd be a character stage outside of it, overlooking a giant kind of waterway. Um. I don't know if I'd call it giant, but maybe about ten feet, twenty feet. It's a wide. nice little little river in the middle of the land. Yeah. A little stream. Yeah. Um. Uh, in, in the area, we'll go clockwise, shall we? Starting off in Zelda's Kingdom, which is a 
terrible name for that since it's not really Zelda's King. Never mind. Anyway, we're getting real te- technical there. <laughs> um, there's the De- Great Deku Tree. There's the um, uh, I think it's the Kokori Forest Village. Yeah, it's Kokori. Yeah, Kokori Forest Village. The interactive um, experiences or something. Navi. It's the Navi interactive experience. You're kidding me. It's Navi. No, that's interac- that's the first. That's the word above interactive. That, I guess that is. Hey, look! Hey! Hey! Listen! Listen! Hey! Over here! <laughs> oh my god! I want that so bad. That'd be the lowest rated attraction at Universal. <laughs> Too annoying. A Zelda Castle attraction, which um, looks like it would be the con- the puzzle theater, the puzzle box theater, or the puzzle theater concept that yeah that was mm-hmm. patented. Um, so that's those attractions there. Then going clockwise in the. Um, Basically, where the parade building is right now, um, and Curious George, yeah, and Curious George would be the Super Mario World ride, which is Mario Kart, which we have additional concept art for. A Luigi's Mansion interactive target play area in the mid level. A Bowser's uh, coupling airship ride on the upper level, and then a Mario Kart ride. So basically, three giant attractions in this one show building, which is insane. Oh my god, I want this so bad. Um, <laughs> continuing, right next door to E.T. Adventure is Donkey Kong Island, which will have the Kong Jungle Playground, uh, which will be totally new, and a, um, is it, I think it says Monkey Mines Madness Coaster? Yeah. Uh, yep. Which would use that coaster that looks like it's on a boom arm, so it looks like it's making those jumps from the, uh, from the game. Yeah. And then a Kirby's Kids Playland with a wet play area and then a uh, carousel, it looks like, or something like that. So, like, a little kids' play area. So, that's Nintendo as it was proposed in 2015. What are, <sighs> what are your guys' thoughts? <laughs> it's. It, I mean, I'm biased. I'm a huge Nintendo fan. But, like, if they built that, if they just built that, it would easily probably be my favorite land, like, mm-hmm. ever. If they build it and exactly like that, and ET goes for a Yoshi ride, it will probably always be my favorite land ever. <laughs> like eight, what is it? Eight rides, I think, or yeah. like eight eight major or eight attractions, and then mm-hmm. like, it's adding Disney's Hollywood Studios, Universal Studios. Yeah, effectively, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, uh like post post expansion Disney Hollywood Studios. Right. <laughs> it's a boutique park added to a park. It's it's definitely a theme park in a theme park. I'll tell you that right, right now. That 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 uh uh you know moniker would actually fit for Nintendo finally. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's I mean it's ambitious as hell. Again, this was what we heard was the original pitch. Um, you can see why Nintendo probably jumped at it and, uh, you know, signed off with Universal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, we, again, we've heard we've heard Zelda isn't included, and we've heard Pokemon isn't included. Nor is Kirby. Um, well, we never heard that. We never heard it wasn't included. We heard yeah. it was originally, but then it kind of, you know, they stopped talking about it. So. Right. Okay, fair. <laughs> um, but... Uh, again, if even if they build like Yoshi, Mario Kart, and Donkey Kong, it's still going to be a great land. Uh, I think they need to keep at least some of these flat rides in there, though. 
Um, I think it'd be dumb to cut them out. You know, there's plenty of room for them, obviously. Uh, and it's probably a good idea to keep, like, the kid play areas, um, since they're getting rid of a lot of that for, in building mm-hmm. uh, Nintendo. But, I, again, it's... It, 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 it is very exciting, it, and it at least gives you a sense of, of what is pre- is going to be coming in, whatever, three, four years. Yep. Uh, Nick or Alan? Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Go ahead, Alan. Okay. Um, it looks good. You know, it's, diff- it's difficult for me to say anything because, you know, we have some concept art for what these rides are going to look like. And, you know, there's concept art and there's reality. Yeah. Like, there's not going to be a holographic... Uh, question mark cube hovering in the air that I that I hit with my car <laughs> in, in in Donkey Kong. It's just not going to happen. So, um, you know, I don't know what what it'll actually end up looking like, um, and I don't know what it'll actually feel like. The one thing that concerns me about the amount of space that they have and the number of attractions is how long and how substantial substantial are those rides going to be? Like, if you build like three dark rides and like two theaters and three flat rides and a couple playgrounds and some meet and greets in a space of like six or seven acres like how what you can go vertical i mean you can always do that it's not that parks haven't done that in the past there's plenty that did but you have to go like way up to start making up for that distance so i don't know i i'm interested like I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh yeah, I don't care about the the giant themed land that might be coming to the theme park. <laughs> like, boy, I sure don't care about those those potentially new rides and other attractions going to a major theme park that will cost lots of money. But at this point, it's still kind of like, okay, it's it's early art. Um, the story behind it it sounds nonsensical, so <laughs> I guess it's. Like, what What law firm would ever sit there and be like, yeah, yeah, stuff. that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. No, it doesn't. There's going to be non-competes and, and non-disclosure agreements across all this stuff. It doesn't, nothing works that way. That's not reality. So um, my guess is the real thing will look quite a bit different, but I'm fine with that. I just want to see, what I want to hear is the rides are going to be big and lengthy and worth my time for, for standing in line and flying to Florida and all the rest. That's all. Mm-hmm. Paying money, get up early, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Nick. Yeah, I think... Oh, sorry, Sean. No, Sean, you go. I was just going to say, we've always heard that, and it does mention verticality in these plans, but we've always heard that that's kind of the design philosophy behind the land in general, is that they're building, you know, up and down more than outward. Levels, levels, Jerry. Levels. Levels. In in the words of employee... Mayweather, there's levels to this shit song. <laughs> Nick? No, I, that excites me. Oh, I think that would be good. Um, I, I'm all about verticality in theme parks. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, bring it on. But, you know, right now it's like, okay, here's some early artwork. I, you know, how do I feel about it? Yeah. You know, how, how does everybody in the theme park world feel when they see artwork for, for rides that never happened? Everyone goes, ooh, and then, like, imagines how much better it would be than what actually exists. So... I don't know, man. I, I, I'm I'm chill with it. I'm good. Um, excited that something's happening. That's all. Okay, Nick. Um, if the original plans happen, uh, I'm I'm really excited about it because it, it's almost like they are 
this is their fantasy land. I mean, it gives you basically rod for rod something for what they have in fantasy land at Walt Disney World. It's coming. There, if the Yoshi ride comes, that's your Little Mermaid. The e-ticket, it's a small world. That's your Mario Kart e-ticket answer. The mine ride is your mine is your Seven Dwarfs mine ride answer. Then you have some other smaller attractions in a the theater attraction and some flat rides and stuff like that. That's your answer. I mean, that's this, this is their fantasy land is what I see this as this original plan, um, which is something that Universal desperately needs. It's something that you know. You're, I understand that Universal's target market is an older child, but a lot of times those other childs come with a younger sibling, and they need something for the, the families that have diverse age groups for them to have stuff for the younger set. And I really think that this is that answer. Now, I, do I think that this full scope is going to happen? No, I don't. But I, I would really like to see it, and I'm excited for what for the stuff from what from what I've been told and what we've heard and all that i think this is going to be an outstanding land and i'm i'm really pumped about it okay uh anything else with nintendo going once going twice announce it universal just do it (laughs) never gonna happen i know uh, there'll be billboards on i4 that says nintendo world before they announce it Pretty much. Yeah, or they'll just leak it on some investment call. That's what they always do. No, Nintendo's going to leak it before Universal does. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, possibly. Exactly what's going to happen. Anyway, uh, so do you want to get into some uh, trip reports then? Sure. Uh, Nick, I'll have you go first since yours will probably be the quickest. And 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 then we'll end with the mega trip report of craziness. Um. Yeah, I'm not going to talk a whole lot about um, the Magic Kingdom and stuff like that. Everything looked fine there, but I didn't even ride a mountain um, at the Magic Kingdom this trip. Mm-hmm. I didn't um, – it was a different type of trip. I didn't make it in Haunted Mansion either. So, I mean, it was kind of – I did a lot of meet and greets. <laughs> um, we have a four-month-old, for, in, in case people don't know, and this was our first trip with her. So it was a lot more about family time and doing um, you know stuff that – she could enjoy, and she uh, she really enjoyed the characters. And so I, I, I kind of got a bigger appreciation for the meet and greets and the way that they integrate into the the theme park experience. And got on that Jungle Cruise, John. Though, hey, we <laughs> she she liked the Jungle Cruise. Actually, she woke up for the Jungle Cruise. She was out, and then uh, once we got going on the Jungle Cruise, she woke up and she was looking all around. We had a decent skipper too. She was really good. So, um, not Huckle good, but she was I really mean, good. Few yeah. can be exactly. <laughs> Um, but I, so I guess the, the big thing is, uh, animal kingdom, right? That's what I need to talk about for the most part. Um, everybody's pretty much heard reviews of Pandora and, um, the, the one thing that I want to say that, uh, this is probably going to contradict what a lot of people have heard about a lot of things is a lot of people said that whenever you walk into Pandora, it's like walking into a different world different area and i disagree completely it feels like the animal kingdom in there just a different type of animal kingdom but it feels just like the rest of the park to me it's it's overgrown with plants and um well some some plants i don't and some nice sculptures of plants and stuff like that and um but i don't feel like it i feel like it matches the park really well and it flows really well with animal kingdom but i don't feel like it's that unique from animal kingdom does that make sense Explain more. Yeah, it's uh, 
I, I get what you like because <clears throat> all the lands are <laughs> what we call like <laughs> urban decay, the theme park. Exactly. That's it. And yeah. That's, and it's the same way. The buildings are decaying. The all the metal is rusted, quote unquote, rusted in look. Um, the there's moss all over the walls, which has been so heavily talked about. Um, so it, it feel it really fits in with Animal Kingdom really well. And I think that they did a pretty good job of that. I don't feel like like whenever you walk into Diagon Alley, you, you it feels different than the rest of the park. It's a, it's its own area. It feels like its own space. Um, more so Diagon Alley than Hogsmeade. I feel like I feel like Hogsmeade still kind of feels like it's a part of Islands of Adventure, but. Diagon Alley kind of feels like its own entity. You could pick that up and it could be anywhere and it would work. Um, I don't feel like Pandora feels any different than the rest of Animal Kingdom. You flow in through this area that's lush with greenery and you hang a right and you're going into another area that's full of greenery and plants. And it's just it just kind of flows with the rest of the park to me. So that's kind of a – I think that's a different point of view than what a lot of people have said. Um, I will say that I like the land. I didn't think the land was great um, as a land. I don't feel like that it stands on its own very well. I don't think that this is anything to write home about as far as just the land. I feel like the the river journey, um, Amelia loved it. She liked the colors and the lights and all that. That was probably the one of the most engaged things that she was engaged in in the entire her, her entire trip she loved that ride but um and it's very nice it's a very 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 good ride it's just really <clears> short um and the queue is terrible for it um fast pass it if you can because it's bad i'd rather wait in the flight of passage queue than that queue because flight of passage at least has stuff to look at um but it's i mean it's a good ride it's just really short and the ride would have worked so much better if there was more than just the one animatronic you know that's kind of like it's kind of like Everest. It's like all this build up to this one figure, and then you're done. But with a slow moving boat ride, so you don't have the coaster part to kind of make up for the the other part of the of the ride. Let's just hope this animatronic lasts longer. <laughs> it's an impressive it's animatronic. Frozen. Huh? Like someone already had a video of it, like yeah. moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was an yeah, incredible was... month. So what did you think of the integration of the screens and the physical sets on that ride? I didn't feel like it was any better than Transformers or Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, the screens are definitely a higher resolution than, you know, like an older ride like a Spider-Man or a Transformers. But there's still layers before you get to the screen. Now, I feel like in some ways that Disney's done a better, better job of going up all the way around the screen than some of those earlier rides have so like even like up at the top there's still like plants and stuff growing and stuff but i don't i don't really feel like that you know people talk about oh that's how you do a screen because it it's integrates so well in the environment it's still fairly obvious that it's a projection now that first the first one whenever you first get on there and you first round the corner there's a navi that's projected and that one was pretty good but the rest of them you know they they it was you could tell they were screens. If, I, go ahead. I also think that that one's a mannequin that they project onto. That would make sense because yeah. there's more to it than you know than the other ones. Yeah, I think that's kind of like the haunted mansion bride. That would make a lot of sense because that would that would and with it being back behind 
it's like a scrim or something in front of it. So that would make sense that it that that would work. Kind of like the you know the um, graveyard scene in the haunted mansion. How there's yeah like a it's kind of like that type of thing. Yeah. And then that and then there's a screen behind that. So you know that would make sense. That would that would explain why it looked a little bit better and different. Um, the ride's good though. It's it's fun for what it is. Don't you know it, it's kind of obvious that there was supposed to be some a little bit more to it because just the way that it ends abruptly after that you can kind of tell that they had some more plans and then that got cut and they were like this is just gonna be where it ends and but it, it works for what it is it's a great you know sea ticket type of ride it's good for families kids it's a safe thing for kids I would not wait over 20, 25 minutes for it. Um, if it's longer than that, I wouldn't do it. And if I went, you know, at a time period after this thing opens, it's more like a 10 to 15 minute type wait type of ride. So it's good, but not, you know, anything spectacular. Um, then you get Flyer Passage, which I think if you took Flyer Passage out of that, that land, like I said, that land's very subpar. But with this flight of passage, it elevates the land because of how good the ride is. The ride is a simulator. You build mm-hmm. up. So I, I rated it against you know other simulators, and it's it's probably the for a pure simulator where you're not you know moving through an environment or anything like that. It's probably it, it is the best simulator I've been on. Um, and and it does really really good at what it does. The ride vehicles are a little bit uncomfortable, um, just because. Well, I about my 3D glasses about fell off my face, <laughs> <laughs> but I have a you know my my glasses are a thicker yeah. frame and those were in front of it and they I mean literally like when it started, um, so spoiler alert whenever it starts your 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 like your banshee takes off and you go straight down a cliff and so you lean forward and whenever we launched forward my those glasses about flew off my face i had to catch them with my hand and put them back on (laughs) um but it's it's really good as far as what what it is i i I mean i was wild the whole time it's i kind of you know after the honeymoon phase of getting off of it and you sit back and you reflect on it and you go over it in your mind um i've kind of put it about six or seven on my top 10 list is where i've kind of put it kind of yeah, I mean it's it's a very solid ride. I don't. It's not. You know, I still have Spider Man and I still say Spider Man Indy at Disneyland, um, Forbidden Journey, Green Gots, um, Pirates at Disneyland. I kind of rate those things still above it. But for what this is, this is the <coughs> best simulator I've been on. Uh, I won't, and I don't fault anybody for saying that in their opinion it's the best ride that they've ever been on the best ride in Orlando. I can see how somebody can get that. I just don't think. That the all-out scope of it, it can go against like a Pirates or an Indie or a Spider-Man or something where you're, you know, where there's so other, so many other things that are happening to you instead of you just looking at a screen and you're riding a vehicle. Well, you're not even riding a vehicle. You're sitting on something that's simulating movement. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to ride it. It's really good. I mean, it. Me and Jennifer both got off of it. We were kind of shocked because when we got to Animal Kingdom, it. Seven o'clock, park opened at eight. And we were standing there in line at about seven thirty. Now keep in mind we we're there at seven o'clock in the morning with a four month old. Um about seven thirty a guy comes out and says fly passage is not gonna open with the park, it's on a delay. So we had planned on rope dropping it and then we had a 
8.30 opening Fast Pass window for um, Kilimanjaro Safari, which we ended up flipping for a nighttime safari because we just went straight and walked on um, Kilimanjaro. <laughs> so we moved that Fast Pass time to later that evening um, because Fly Passage didn't open until like 11 or 12 o'clock. So we basically went our whole day without riding Fly Passage, and we came back at 10.30, Extra Magic Hour started at 11. And we just bit the bullet and waited 90 minutes to ride Flight of Passage. And I have no regrets for waiting 90 minutes for my first ride. And I probably would wait 90 minutes again to do it, um, considering that it's a new attraction and, you know, all the factors that go into it. On a regular day, I probably would wait even 40, 45 minutes. I'd put it right there with what I would wait for, like, Green Gods or something like that on a busy summer's day to ride it. So it, it's, it's a solid ride. I have no complaints about it. I don't think that... The land works, like I said, as well as people have said. I don't feel like the, of course, the IP is not, you know, that it's not that big of a draw. And I think that, you know, we're seeing, we're, we're hearing that from some of the numbers and stuff that touring plans and stuff like that are putting out that it's not increasing the crowd levels that they thought. Um, but it's, it's a solid ride. It's a great addition to Animal Kingdom. It makes Animal Kingdom where it's more. I can spend a day at Animal Kingdom now with, you know, and, and feel okay about it because I still think Animal Kingdom needs a couple of smaller, like, of like a couple of more River Journey type rides somewhere, like somewhere within the park just to complete your day. But I think it's um it's really made that park more of a park where you can spend your time and not feel like you're wasting a day in some ways because you get done with the top the first the biggest couple of things within you know 20 minutes and then you're like what else am i going to do for the rest of the day um you can spend some time in that land taking in the details and looking at it and um spending time back there i will say that whenever you go um try the night blossom it's the non-alcoholic drink that they have back there it's really good it's sweet um we did that and we also did the what's the thing called the pineapple cream cheese wrap thing it's um that was pretty good too. I don't like. I think it's the Pongu Pongu or something like that. That well, Pongu Pongu is the bar, but this is like oh. a pom, Pongu Com, Compi or something. I don't know. It's anyway, it was good. <clears throat> I don't like pineapple, and I liked it. Um, like I, I like pineapple flavor. I just don't like the actual. I have a texture thing, and pineapple falls under that texture thing. That <laughs> I don't. I don't like the texture of sliced pineapple. Um. And I, and I enjoyed that. I enjoyed. It. I, it's not something I would go get again. Jennifer loves pineapple. She and she really liked it. So yeah, girl from my heart. We'll get some of those and then some fried pickles. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, shut up, Joe. Um, <laughs> we didn't eat at the canteen um, just because you know we had my mom and Jennifer's mom was there and you know we kind of had to you know they the way that some of the food is done there and all that it's not. <laughs> um, you know, that's right. We'll do down. that. We'll do that in October. Yeah, my mom wasn't down for trying all that stuff and all that. So anyway, we uh, I actually ate at the Yak and Yeti um, quick service for the first time. That was really good. It's not bad. Really, really good. Yeah. It was good for yeah. for quick service and, yeah. and all that. It was good. Um, we watched Rivers of Light, which I don't know if it's because everybody has said how horrible it is and how bad it is. I have not watched it. I have not seen a YouTube video. I didn't watch anything about it. I went into it completely blind. Um, and I can see, you know, why everybody says that there's so many flaws and the issues with it. And I, I can tell that they were going for 
the animal kingdom's reflections of Earth, and they did not get that <laughs> by far. But I was okay with it. I I didn't hate my time. I don't feel like I wasted my time seeing it, and I would go watch it again. Um, I didn't come out there completely like I hate this thing, but like I said, that might be a product of um, everybody saying how terrible it was, and me going in there and just kind of saying that this thing's going to be terrible, and it wasn't. So, um, but yeah, that was kind of kind of the new stuff at Animal Kingdom that we did. We did do the night safari, like I mentioned. Heard a lion roar for the first time. That was insane. Um, the lions were really active, and he was the the man. The male was uh, a little perturbed. He was staring down every <laughs> um, safari vehicle that went by, and whenever we he started growling as we were coming around the corner, and then he he let out some low some pretty solid roars. He didn't. Um, she the 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 girl who was driving it said that he didn't let out a full one because. It would have been her for about five miles away if he would have, but he um, he let out some pretty big vocalizations to let us know that he didn't want us around. He was staring at everybody, but like he was making <laughs> eye contact with the with the people in the safari vehicles. So that was different. That was cool. That probably was the best thing of the whole trip to me was that that moment because that's something you know you can't get um, anywhere else. So that was really cool. But um, yeah, y'all have any questions about anything? Anything about my perspective? Not really. I think you answered yeah, that. I'll, I'll go real quick, actually. Yeah, sure. So so this was your first trip with, with your kid. Yeah. So did you guys stay on property? We did. Um, full disclosure, I got a friend who's a cast member to help me get a um, discount on a room at Caribbean Beach. Um, but we stayed in a pirate's room at Caribbean Beach. And oh, you stayed in a pirate's room? Yeah, yeah. That's, that. the, that's all, well, my fr- the the guy who booked it for us, he um, he got us originally a king bed at French Quarter, and then grandmas decided they wanted to go, so that wasn't going to work. And basically, the only thing that we could then get into was um, the pirates' room at Caribbean Beach. But I'm really glad we did because I I'd never stayed at Caribbean Beach. It's the only moderate I hadn't stayed at, and even with them basically tearing down half of the resort and all the stuff that's going on there, it was. It was probably my favorite moderate, except for Riverside, that I've stayed at. I really enjoyed it. Um, the pirate rooms are really nice. They now the pirate rooms are double beds, so that's something to keep in mind. They're not queen beds like the other um, moderates, but um, it was cute. You know, it was for Amelia's first trip to have her stay in a pirate room and have those pictures and stuff like that. It was, you know, a mom and dad type of good thing. Yeah. I stayed at the uh, the princess room at the um, at Riverside one time. They do a good job with those those special themed rooms. Mm-hmm. What else, Alan? Where uh, were so you going? You guys find it like you know really easy to get you know cribs and all that stuff in the room uh, with Disney. Well, um, you know we I, I live in Georgia, so we drove down. We took our pack and play, and um, you know we just towed it right in and popped it up and let it go. And we had a colla- we had a a collapsing collapsing stroller that's pretty pretty small when it collapses down um, that we used and we now we drove to Animal Kingdom um, we took our car just because of the um, how much faster it is to get there and get back and go because we took a midday break obviously with the four month old we couldn't go the from opening to close we just couldn't do it she had to come back and rest some um, but whenever we did go to Magic Kingdom we took the buses and it folded up fine. I stood um, on the buses because of the stroller, just because I didn't 
you know, want to have the stroller blocked in the walkway, so it was easier for me to stand with it. But, you know, we we took in her diaper bag. Um, security was very thorough. That took a little bit longer because of just the nature of what all you have to have with a four-month-old. You have to have extra clothes. You have to have diapers. You have to have wipes. You have to have, you know, all these things that you don't – that, like, I, me and Jennifer wouldn't have normally had to take. Um, so it, it took them a little bit longer to go through the bags. But um, – it was, you know, it was fun. I have no regrets taking her. Last question so, for you. Uh-huh. Uh, how many people did you uh, tear the Achilles of running into them with the stroller? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did pretty good. I only hit like two people, and it was primarily because they stopped right in front of me with no warning. Um, but there was one girl who got pretty pissed about it. But, you know, whenever somebody just randomly stops in front of you, you know, you can't, and I'm pushing a stroller in summer crowds at Disney World. It is what it is, you know. Um, don't get mad about people running into you, please. I understand, you know, that it hurts, but, you know, it is what it is. I, I did take out somebody, though. It was, but uh, I did pretty good. I did pretty good for my first time dealing with a stroller and all that stuff. And How many you know. How many all-state track champions did you take out by destroying their whole entire running careers and their chances to go to college on a full ride? Is the real question. <laughs> if I did that to this girl, then she'll enjoy paying loans like the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Let me. Oh, Pandora at night. Uh, don't listen to the the BS, guys. Don't don't listen to it. It's uh, it's fine for what it is. I don't know if I know that some people have said they turned up the lighting some more, but it's um. It's very obvious whenever you're in there how they're doing it. Um, the sidewalk stuff is already in some areas looking like, to me, it kind of looked like it had faded some already where like the most of your walking would be taking place. So I don't know how they're going to maintain that. Um, the it, It's pretty. It's it's nice. The mountains, they kind of don't. Whenever we were down there, it was an overcast night. It had rained, and it had stayed overcast all evening. And uh, you couldn't really see the mountains very good. Like, you could see the outline of them, but um, they would occasionally glow, and then they would kind of go away, and then you couldn't really tell what was going on up there. Um, it's a nice lighting package. It's Is it much nicer than what the lighting package is on Spaceship Earth? I, I can't really say that. Um, I wouldn't go out my way to go back at night just to see it. At night, like everybody's like, like the you know, the press releases are you've got to come back and see it at night because it's I liked it better during the day, if I'm honest with you. I liked Pandora a lot better during the day than I did at night. Fifth theme park, Nick. Hey, you know, <laughs> you know, I, Animal Kingdom. I, I like how about this? I like the lighting package of Dino Land in Asia and Africa better than the lighting package of Pandora. Oh, ouch. Although Everest does look pretty sweet at night, so all that whole area it just fits the motif of, of what they're going for. And as far as at night, Animal Kingdom probably has the best lighting package of any Disney World theme park. Oh, I would say Orlando. Yeah, he's, well, yeah, I would say that too. Easily Orlando. The only thing that might would beat it is Sea World at Christmas. Because Sea World at Christmas is yeah. spectacular. Yeah, yeah, I or, go with that. Or with their park wide rave that's going on right now, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like that uh, Sea World has uh, more black lights than Pandora does right now. Oh shit! Snap, son. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Does I kind of feel this way? Just look at the pictures, and I don't want to judge it on that basis. But the ground, I know, like it has this sort of like black lit like look to it, mm-hmm. the fluorescent light. 
is it just me or in real life does it also look like a blacklight mini golf course? It looks like uh, you know that area of Spencer's Gifts where they have the black lights going with the posters and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the vibe you get. I mean, okay, so it looks like a blacklight mini golf course then. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it? Yeah, I mean, it's cool, but it's not. It's not as great as everybody says. But you know, it is what it is. Does the ground look like the worst uh, motel that the Dateline has gone into? <laughs> the blacklight. <laughs> <laughs> You kind of feel like that because little little did you know the reason why it didn't it didn't start until a few weeks after they had the bloggers. It's, <laughs> that's why <laughs> it wasn't ready yet. They had to have the bloggers go through. They first. had to have the bloggers go through. <laughs> yeah. um, the 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 big seed plant thing at the entrance is kind of cool at night how it glows and stuff. But uh, eh, it is what it is. I mean, I, I don't. If they've got some cool merch back there, nothing that I would buy because I'm not like – I can see like if you were an Avatar fanboy or if you were one of those people who feel like you have to uh, buy something that Disney does that is supposed to be great, that you would go in there and buy all this specialty merch. But it's not um, – it's, it's – it's, I don't know. It's not like – it doesn't resonate because it's not stuff from the film. Um, I did see a lot of the Navi ears – like a lot of girls were buying those, like um, like preteen type of girls age, um, and I saw a few people with like the scepters and stuff, like some boys and stuff walking around with the spears and things. Um, but I, it's just I don't know. Now they were selling a lot of the action figures. There's actually a line to get your face scanned to be made into an action figure, hmm. and obviously, obviously they had sold out of the. Um, yeah, when I was, I there. thought that uh, I, I thought that action figure thing would be a, a dud, but I guess not. I did too, but but like there was somebody sitting in the chair getting scanned. There was um a person who was exiting exiting out of already getting scanned. There was like two or three people in line, and then I heard a couple of other people said, "Yeah, I want to come back tomorrow, or before we leave to get this done to me too." So I don't, I it completely shocked me, but you know. It is what it is. The other thing that that kind of the lack of Navi, like, it's weird that you're on this place with all these animals and all this. You know the way that that movie is done. You're supposed to, see and you them only see them on the rides. Well, I mean, it, it's like there's nothing. Like, even if there True. was like a buckbeak equivalent animatronic somewhere in like the woods that was shaped like one of the animals from, you know, yeah. Avatar that you could just kind of get a picture with or something would be kind of cool but there's you know there's nothing you hear you hear the audio track is really cool because it's completely different all it is is like background like four sounds and stuff and you hear these things and you hear these predators and stuff coming up but you don't ever see anything and at some point it's like something should be visible but you know they have those like three crab things in that one little pond but you know that's about it so i don't know that would that would that would be a minor complaint that i had that you know you're on this planet and there's supposed to be all these animals around and you hear them, but then you never actually get the payoff of actually seeing them unless you ride Flight of Passage. And even on um, River Journey, you have that one screen with, like, the wolf-type things, and you have the lizards that are flying up in the air, and the couple of... You have the Navi at the beginning, you have one other screen where you see some Navi walking the Shaman. The Shaman is really impressive. It's probably the most impressive animatronic I've seen. But um, And it's kind of creepy how she actually, like, makes eye contact with you and follows you. 
but, um, steals your soul, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it is it's 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 good. It's a solid place with the fly passage. Without fly passage, it wouldn't be a solid. So that's my final take on it. Cool then, uh, Alan. Let's get yeah. to you now. Oh man, we've we've got your epic trip to Europe. Jesus, <laughs> I actually have I'm... to dip out real quick. Okay, I'm sorry. That's uh, fine. Have a good rest of the show, everybody. And I will be listening to Alan's trip report. <laughs> good night, Sean. See ya. Bye, Sean. So, uh, we don't need that jerk anyways. I'll, yeah, I'll try and go through this as, as quickly as I can because, man, there was a lot. Um, so as far as like the theme park focus for this, uh, it, it's a park that was built as a Bush Gardens and then ended up being a Universal. And now it's neither, which is Port Aventura mm-hmm. in Barcelona or just outside Barcelona an hour outside uh, but that was technically we hit six parks two of them are part of the Port Aventura complex uh, before like the very first thing we did when we arrived in Barcelona was we hit uh, Tibidabo which is on top of a mountain mm-hmm. uh, in Barcelona overlooking the city and uh, there's a small traditional amusement park that's been there for ages and uh, there's some really wacky stuff at that park like extremely wacky um Avio, which was not running, is a plane ride. Darn, I'm looking at that one right now. Yeah, it's, uh, it was interesting because it, it didn't say that it was closed, and it wasn't closed. Basically, you just queued to go inside of it. Um, when it runs, if it ever runs again, I don't know. I, I guess it's under rehab right now. It has a propeller in the front, and there's an engine, and you can see the engine when you're inside the plane, and the engine runs. And then the propeller actually pulls the entire plane on this boom that it sits on around in a circle on top of the mountain. And uh, otherwise, it's basically like an old 1920s era airplane that you're in. And it is really bizarre and really strange. But all we could do is like walk inside of it and sit in it and like take pictures of each other and be like, yep, we were in Avio and then leave. So that was kind of a bummer to not actually go on the ride, but just kind of like look at it and then be inside of it as like mm-hmm. some sort of strange tour. Uh, there's Ta'alia that's there, which is, it kind of looks like if you guys remember Katanga in Orlando or any of the skyscraper attractions mm-hmm. where it's, it looks like a giant propeller, <laughs> except this was built in the 20s. It's not really a thrill ride per se because uh, it goes very slowly and the buckets you stand in. So it goes, it's probably like a 150 foot boom and obviously no capacity because each of the buckets holds like you know, however many people they can squeeze in. It's Europe. Things are different. Um, they don't really have lawsuits there or or litigation. So it's a little more freeform as to how things are allowed. So you just kind of like stand in the bucket and they they tell you not to rock it because you don't want to get dumped out and fall <laughs> like thousands of feet. And, and, and you go to the top and, you know, I would say I was concerned. Um, that, that's my wife's like, are you scared? I'm like, no, nah, I'm concerned. <laughs> concerned about the situation. She's like, it's been here for almost 100 years. It's obviously pretty solid. And I'm like, it's also been here for 100 years. It's a lot of time for metal fatigue to set in. Wow. Yes. Um, there's La Embruxius, which is a monorail. Like, it's a suspended monorail <laughs> dark ride. And there's a bunch of projection effects in the indoor portions of the ride, mm-hmm. like you're, it involves a witch and magic, and that's as much as I know about it, because I I don't speak Catalan, much less Spanish, to 
be able to tell you what was happening. But at the end, there's actually they you know they don't have enough money for an animatronic, I suppose. So they have a person in like a, a witch outfit, like <laughs> greeting the car as it goes by, which my wife was disturbed by and kind of horrified because it's like six inches away from you. Like ah, hello. We're like ah. <laughs> so there was that. Uh, Montagna Russa is a Vacoma. Um, mine train sort of coaster it's not hideous um i think my wife said it was inoffensive i think and that's a pretty good term for it it doesn't hurt it has lap bars it doesn't have any airtime. Uh, there's no negative g sensations um it pulls lots of positive g's at the bottom of the hills which we were not fond of and as far as rides there's a powered coaster there that we skipped we skipped the bumper cars the bumper cars were huge mm-hmm. they're probably like 60 cars in their in their wow. set and they all had like they had like LED lights on the poles, and they would all flash like constantly during the ride. It was insane. Um, There's also a fun house that's there, but that was closed for renovation, uh, which we would have totally done. And oh, the the last thing that was really cool is the the automation museum. So basically, they have what are early animatronics, and when I say early, we're talking like turn of the 20th century animatronics. Like with with sound and movement on facial features and all sorts of stuff, um, some of them were just like outright racist. Uh, <laughs> there was one with a jazz band, and clearly all the faces were modeled on monkeys. Oh no! Whoa. It was like from 1926. Yeah, uh, there was actually a dancing like set called Harlem, which was not much better. Um. But then there were like there were some really strange ones. There was one that had it was from like 1929 and it was owned by Nestle and it was being loaned out to Tibidabo. And basically, what it was, it was like an, it was an advertisement of like a wife and husband, like a cartoonish wife and husband. And the wife, the husband was like telling the wife that they need to get condensed milk. <laughs> and it has like eye movement and it winks and it talks, you know, and they they interact. And the whole idea was that they would take this automation from town to town at different like fairs, mm-hmm. and then they would change the clothes on the people to match whatever the people wear in that area. So it had like different outfits that they would keep switching them into. Okay. I thought it was from like 1929. So seeing all that stuff was, was really was interesting. Um, huh. But as a park, it's, it's, it's a pain in the ass to get to from downtown if you're in Barcelona. It's about 30 minutes outside the city if, if you take like a taxi. Uh, we took the metro and then we walked uphill in like 90 degree heat, and I would not suggest that. And then you walk basically uphill to an inclined railway. They have a, a funicular that actually takes you to the park. Oh, nice! And then, and then where the park is located, on top of this mountain overlooking the whole city, is there's also a church which is just behind it, like a big church, not mm-hmm. quite a cathedral, but a big church. And we went up there to go like take a look and see inside the church. And there was a group of Spanish line dancers <laughs> doing, um, like, with American country music, doing line dancing. <laughs> and they all had, like, matching, like, leather vests. And I forgot what they said. It was, like, rebel cats or something like that. And then there'd be, like, there'd be, like the husband that's with the wife that's in the line dancing. And the husband is wearing, like, you know, like, the most u- ridiculous Euro trash outfit possible. Like, a white vest with, like, low-slung Puma sneakers. It was, it was, and, like white denim shorts it was amazing it was great <laughs> um, 
<laughs> if you do go there, I'll mention this. Really, the best way to go is, I forget which station it is, but there's something called the Tibidabo. It's like the Tibidabo Express, I want to say. And it's basically, a, it's an old school trolley from like the 1910s uh, that does the route from the metro station. It's not Penitence, which is where we got off. Different metro station in Barcelona. And that takes you right to the park. But it is pricey. It's about uh, nine euros round trip for just that uh, trolley. So it's nine euros per person round trip to use the trolley to get back and forth. Plus, then you have to pay for the park itself. And the park is like 27 euros for an all-day wristband. So not the cheapest park. Uh, really good views of the city and some weird attractions. But honestly, <coughs> that was the part I was most excited about. And it was we thought it was the worst part too so here we go tibidabo uh so port aventura this is the big portion all the this is this is some of the good stuff so port aventura like i said built Mm -hmm. as a bush gardens park um and then universal bought up most of the shares and then it became universal's port aventura and it was a universal park until it was all sold off and and basically the name was dropped in 2005 Mm -hmm. and now it's just port aventura um I was not aware just how much Port Aventura's entryway looks like Islands of Adventure. <laughs> it's uncanny. So to walk in, you know, this is a park that opened in 95, and you're like, oh, so this is, this is where they got all the ideas from. Like, this is where, like, everyone looks at IOA and DisneySea as being kind of, like, in that identical zone of, like, they were the first parks to basically be built around a lagoon and a water area like that. And actually was probably port aventura it's it's got like mediterranean buildings that you're walking around and then it's like oh there's water and a boat ride that takes me places at least it would if like at universal's islands of adventure it worked which it doesn't now at port aventura which is a bummer <laughs> um port aventura has a whole resort so you can stay on property there they have four hotels mm-hmm. we stayed at the gold river which actually the gold river has a sub hotel inside of it like a nice hotel so if if you are familiar with vegas you know there's mandalay bay and then there's the hotel at mandalay bay right so they have the hotel there's the callahan and Uh then on top of that there's the mansion de lucy which is also inside of gold river which is like an even more upscale so like you're like port the the gold river itself is nice but then like there's two steps above it and depending on where you stay you get different uh amenities so for instance, we stayed in, I think it was like considered like a club or deluxe room there. So we got express passes that were good for one trip on each of the coasters. If you stay right. at the Mansion Lucy, then you get unlimited express, for instance. And then you also get breakfast in a different room, which would be quite helpful when you're there with thousands of teenagers as we were. So you've got those properties. You've got a water park, which we didn't go to. We only had like two and a half-ish sort of days there. Uh, adding up all the time, so we didn't really have time for the water park. It looks perfunctory. It's there, like it doesn't do anything spectacular. It doesn't really have any slides that look really cool. Um, it looks moderately interesting. It's probably more interesting to European people that don't have a ton of water parks sitting around them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't we didn't touch that. But now we were talking about the uh, sort of the the theme park within a theme park experience. And that is what they have built for 2017. So I'm going to start with that because that's the big new thing Mm -hmm. that basically nobody, very few people have heard any trip reports about it. (laughs) Yay! 
So we went to Ferrari Land. Ferrari Land has an entrance from within Port Aventura, and it does have its own independent entrance. It's priced right now at like half the price of Port Aventura, which is okay. fair because it has a whopping five rides. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ferrari Land is themed to Ferrari. Everything, everything about it is all Ferrari all the time. Ferrari is very protective of their intellectual property, which was something that was drilled into me when I ended up uh, discovering that the general manager of Ferrari World in Abu Dhabi knew my cousin when we were there. And he told us about sort of the backstory. He's like, Ferrari doesn't let you do certain things. Like, Ferraris don't go upside down. So, unless they crash. And crashing is bad. <laughs> you can't have crashing Ferraris, and Ferraris can't go upside down. So... You know, all, now the rides can invert is like one of those things that, you know, they have to, you have to come up with ways to make them allow you to do an inverting ride. So, it can, but there's just certain things that they just won't let you do. And, and a good example is Red Force. So Red Force looks a lot like Dragster. Um, it's the tallest and fastest roller coaster in Europe. It's 360 something feet tall, I think. And it does about 114 miles an hour. Uh, they switched out the hydraulic launch on Dragster and King Dakar Ka and used a standard uh, limb launch for this one. So it's not quite as aggressive as launch. It still has lap bars, um, which is nice, but mm-hmm. glasses aren't, which I think is whack, as a glasses wearer. Uh, I thought that was terrible. Which then, of course, like I wear glasses with a strap because I like being able to see. And um, what irritated me is that I would have to remove my glasses and put them in the bin, but if you sit in the front seat, then they make you wear safety goggles with a strap. So I don't know what the deal is with that, but that happened. Um, the ride's good. Uh, the track is, is kind of lousily put together, and it's a little rough on the up and down portions. But uh, it's, it's, it's decent. It's not horrible. Uh, there's a building in the park that has two simulator rides. There's a flying theater attraction, which is called Flying Dreams. And then there's another one which is supposed to be like race cars or cars, and uh, I don't even remember what that's called. I'd have to look at <laughs> have to look at it to see what it's called again. Um, it's called um, I don't know. It's called something, and uh, it's 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 more of a standard simulator, like not really that different from something like Shrek mm-hmm. or um, or Despicable <laughs> Me. It's not bad. Like, for me as a racing fan, like, I was interested in it because it was like, oh, it puts you in, in the racing seat of cars and historic racetracks. And, like, okay, that sounds cool. But for the average person, I think they don't care. And that was kind of reflected in the fact that there was no cheering or applause when the ride was over. <laughs> um, flying theater is literally soaring over the world with Ferrari. Mm-hmm. That is actually the theme of the ride. Like, you go around the world, you fly over like scenic locations but then there's also a ferrari there mm-hmm. okay and that's the whole that's that's the whole ride it's not a bad flying theater um you know the screen was really nice and the video was decent um the one thing i'd say about it compared to like soren is that soren has this like big dome theater so there's not a top to the screen mm-hmm. and this does kind of have a top to the screen so if you look up far enough you'll see like just black which is kind of lame but you know, it, in, during the night portions when you're on the ride, you know, it's not as obvious when you're as when you're like in the mountains of China looking at a Ferrari driving on a CGI version of the Great Wall. 
and it's daylight. You know, then obviously you look up and it's like, oh yeah, that's a glaringly obvious thing. Um, there's a car ride called Marinello Grand Race, which is kind of like a electric car ride. Um, trying to think of what to compare it to, like kind of like an Autopia sort of thing, but without gas motors. Mm-hmm. And that was breaking down so constantly while it was in action that they had people, like repairmen, on the track, literally screwing the track back down. Oh no! <laughs> so you could get around the circuit. Yeah. Um, nobody goes to Ferrari Land because everyone goes to Port Aventura, and it's basically it's like an upcharge land to a park. Like it would be like if you if they built Nintendo at Universal Studios and they were like, okay, we built Nintendo. Now you have to pay us thirty dollars to go in. Like there'd be a lot of people that probably go in at first, but after time there'd be less interest in that. I think, and that's just a, that's a set, the sense of what I get as what's going on there. Like now that it's been open for a couple months and people have seen it, they're not nearly as stoked about paying that extra money, and they just go in the normal park. And I don't know how that's going to work out for them long term, but I guess it's not really my problem either. I should mention there's SNS drop towers there, kind of like the old Malibuomer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're themed to pistons, of course. Because again, Ferrari, uh-huh. and uh, we didn't ride them because they're just SNS towers, and there's nothing special about them other than they're red. Um, merch is really expensive at that park. Uh, a polo shirt is 52 euro. Um, which is actually cheaper than Ferrari World in Abu Dhabi, where it's like 68 euro for a polo shirt. Oh, However, if you get a polo shirt and a hat combo right now, it's only 50 euros. <clears throat> Go figure. So save two euros by getting an extra hat. Um, we did see a, a Chinese woman in front of us purchasing $760 worth of souvenirs. <laughs> so, so somebody seems to like it. Dollars or euros? Uh, uh, euros like a... It's like a dollar twelve. Yeah, so seven hundred. She spent about eight hundred bucks. Yeah, eight hundred and fifty bucks. I have the conversion right up right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had to make sure she got everything for. And it, it can't be that much of an extended family because she was Chinese. Yeah, you know, oh. there's, there's 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 a limited there's a limited number of children. So yes, you know, how many how many people can you can you deliver stuff to? She's she's just gonna eBay it, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the eBay market can't be this strong. <laughs> I just can't. Um, so, anyways, that's Ferrari Land. It's it's pretty small. There's there's not a lot to it. There is uh, one last thing I'll mention is the show area. Uh, actually, two last things. There's a show area. They do a show. Mm-hmm. Um, it involves acrobats and BMX bikes. It's not nearly as good as Cedar Points. The show area seems ill planned for Spain. Spain doesn't rain. Um, you may remember that from songs as a child. Uh, but it really doesn't rain, and there's never clouds, and it's hot. And the the area to watch the show was uncovered and featured 10 metal seats oh boy. and a giant concrete pad. It was, I have no idea who designed it, and I assume that they must have just run out of money. Um, there, there were also racing simulators, which are supposed to be an upcharge. They're free for now because, of course, nobody's going to the park. Uh, I did that, and uh, it was fun, I guess to be in a, a fake race car <laughs> drive force. So Port Aventura itself is a big park. Um, like a lot of the parks in Europe, for those that, that have never been to Europe and never done any of the, the parks outside of like Disneyland Paris, for instance. So Europe has a lot of regional theme parks, and the regional theme parks that are there are better than the ones in the United States. Um, 
it's just it's a matter of fact like in america we have you know basically two corporations that own most of our regional parks and the attitude is to just build roller coasters and that's what happens so you get roller coasters and you don't get anything else that comes with it and there's also not much competition within markets so as a result there's nobody pushing each other to try and better higher quality stuff europe is much more dense there's a lot more people and there's a lot higher expectation of what a regional park is supposed to deliver so that's why places like europa park fantasia land um alton towers um in this case port aventura is kind of like that another park i'm going to be mentioning in a little while which is trips drill tivoli all these parks build Gardaland's another one they build big stuff, but they don't just build big stuff that's like kind of plain and unthemed. Like they actually put in effort, like they try, and it doesn't always work. But sometimes it does, just as good as anybody else. Um, in the case of Port Aventura, the newer area, like the newer stuff, particularly in the China section, is kind of eh, like there's a there's not much shade. Mm-hmm. There's not much shade at all at that park. So when you walk around, you're just like. It's hot all the time. And even most of the show venues are outdoors. So you can't even escape it. Like you're constantly trapped in, in brutal heat. There's never clouds. It's 90. It's, and it seems like day lasts forever. I mean, I know it's because I'm in June. But like the sun rose at 5 o'clock in the morning. And the sun set at like 945. With like last light at 1030. And I'm like, I, I, it's never dark. It's never, ever dark here. <laughs> when, and, and Shambhala, which is probably the best coaster in the park proper, is a B&M mm-hmm. Hyper. It's decent. Um, it's actually not one of my favorites. It's, it's not that it's a bad ride. It's just kind of, it has like a, it has like a lousy ending. Like it okay. just doesn't, doesn't do it. Like it basically has like a block break and then a drop in like one hill and then it hits like the final breaks. Which is like totally uneventful, and it's it's like a bigger version of Silver Star that's at Europa, which is another one of my B and M like non favorites. Like it's a good ride, and it's good for the park, and it's probably the best roller coaster in Spain. But that's also given the fact that Spain has like a crappy selection of theme parks and roller coasters, so it doesn't really say anything. Dragon Con at the park was the first eight inversion coaster in the world. Um, it was always described to me as Kumba with an extra inversion, mm-hmm. which is not. Um, <laughs> it has a totally. It's, it's a very different layout than Kumba does. Um, it's also a lot rougher than Kumba at Busch Gardens Tampa. It's. Uh, it, it 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 did a good job of beating me upside the head more than uh-huh. once, and it was not particularly pleasant. Not um, good. Not a fan. Not a big fan at all. Furious Baco. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, this is the one I so, want to know about. <laughs> so, so, so we were talking, or I was talking about how the parks in Europe try. Um, a lot of the parks in Europe don't necessarily have IPs. So when you try and you don't have IPs, you have things that, that come out of it that are different, like really different. Okay, Furious Baco is an Intamin hydraulically launched 0 to 84 mile an hour wing coaster. The only wing coaster by them, if I'm not mistaken. The only wing coaster ever built by them. It is in a section of, of the Mediterranean area. It's themed to a, uh, a winery. And you go through an orchard in the queue line. Okay, 
there was an orchard queue line for this ride. And then the way that it works is that the, the winery is being run by this crazy scientist who has a monkey companion. And the monkey companion gets drunk and causes haywire. <laughs> and, and, and actually, when you go on the ride and you, you basically enter, when you enter the launch area, it's an enclosed space. And there's actually like a little pre-show in which like you see the scientist in a projection and he's like working on the the wine machine and it's like charging up the wine and then there's an actual um physical like monkey animatronic that comes out on like a chair and he like comes out and screws everything up and then basically busts the machine and then this door comes flying open and your coaster launches out you know at hyper speed um as far as wing coasters go uh, it's probably the worst <laughs> by a pretty good margin, and I'm including the abortion of a roller coaster that travels around with Bates Brothers, uh, which is like their own in-house version of a portable wing coaster. This is not a good ride um, in a lot of ways. I, I kind of like it because it's so different, and because I have a high, high tolerance for pain, my wife got in the middle seats of the ride. I was on the outside, and she liked it a little bit more than I did. But the reality of, of Furious Baco, and I heard a lot of people that were like big-time Intamin fans. I know Alvy's one of the guys that's always been like, oh, Furious Baco's like amazing. It's one of the most elite coaster experiences in the world. It literally doesn't do anything but turn. That's all it does. It, it never goes more than maybe like 10 feet off the ground. There's mm-hmm. no hills. There's a zero-G roll. Um, if you're on the outside seat, it can bounce a lot. Uh, I can see why there's a lot of people that really dislike this ride. I think it's it's not bad. It's it's the worst of its field, but it's interesting. Um, the other coasters there, you've got Stampeda, which is a dueling racing CCI coaster with trains from Comeback, which is a company consisting of laid-off Vacoma engineers. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not very good. Um, Tomahawk which is a junior wood coaster, which is intertwined with that, which has GCI trains now, which is moderately okay. The mine train is an aero mine train, and it's not bad, but it doesn't really do anything. And it doesn't really have any like physical set items that make it look really interesting. Like You kind of go through some buildings. There's nothing really in them. The queue's okay. Like Everything about it is just okay. Uh, there's a kitty coaster in the Sesamo Aventura land. Mm-hmm. Um, which used to be part of Polynesia. They they basically took a section of Polynesia off and then made it Sesame Street. Um, and that that's it's a Vacoma roller skater. I mean, if you've been on uh, Wood, Woody Woodpeckers, like it's I think it's identical. Or Barnstorm or any of the trillion versions of that ride. Yeah, exactly. As far as the water rides go at the park, the log flume goes on forever. Uh, the log flume has three lift tilts and three drops. <laughs> And it has no, again, it's another thing where it's like it has some stuff that's going on that's kind of cool, but doesn't really have any like like elements to it, theming-wise, that, that stand out. Um, there's a large splash ride, a spillwater called Tutaki Splash, mm-hmm. kind of like a Jurassic Park sort of thing. It's themed to be on top of this volcano, but the volcano doesn't seem to erupt anymore. And all the pipe is exposed when you're at the top of the volcano, where it should be. <laughs> like, oh. Maybe maybe it'll be better in July when it's nighttime at the park. I don't know, but mm-hmm. it wasn't going on right now. 
Grand Canyon Rapids, which is the Rapids ride, is super fast, not that wet, not hideous. And the Splash Battle ride, Encore, is probably the best themed ride in the park. Hmm. Uh, if you've never seen a Max Splash Battle before, basically you board a boat. It's got like four people on each side, and you have these water guns that you crank with one hand, and then you use to target with the other. And you can like hit targets with them, and then like they splash the other boats, or you just like you know hit your guns on the other boats, and it's pretty good. It's it's really decent. Um, the strange star of that park and of that resort, without question, is Temple del Fuego. Ah, uh, yes, uh, I watched an on-ride video of that before we, the show started. So Temple del Fuego is essentially the proto Poseidon's Fury. It's um. It, if when you walk into it, you're like, "Oh, this looks really familiar." Like you go into a a tomb, and there's an archaeologist there, with you being like 150 random people and him, and he manages to, you know, unfortunately unlock this, you know, ancient tomb, which of course you go into following him because why wouldn't you do such a thing? Uh, but in this version. Uh, as best as I can tell, given the language barrier, it seems that we all die in the end of it uh, <laughs> instead of get out. There's a lot of really cool fire effects. Um, there's a lot of stuff that happens. And um, it's interesting. And it's different. Um, because of the need for the live actors and just the way Port Aventura operates in general, um, it didn't even open until 2 o'clock in the afternoon and they would close at 6 so it was always a pain to try and get over there and go on it. So we just got on it once. In fact, the only thing that we went on there more than once at that park was uh, Furious Baco. And one of the things that, that caused that is the crowds. The crowds in Spain with the school kids are gnarly. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and think of all those like Brazilian tour groups mm-hmm. that you've run into. And like, imagine going to Brazil and being surrounded by them. And there's nobody else but them. Ugh. So when they opened the queue line for Furious Baco at 10 a.m., and we were, like, 12th in line, the kids just charged, just charged everywhere through that orchard. Like, just busting through everything. <laughs> like, there was not even... And, like, there was, like, one woman, like, you know, that, like, opened the line that's like, please don't do that. Okay, bye. And that was it. And then, then we all get into line, and then so we had our express passes. Same exact system as Universal, by the way, as far as the express works. And they would, uh, they would basically load, like, five of the six rows with express people and then the front row with people on the regular line. So, and we were getting line cut constantly. So we basically were about 30th in line, and it took us about a half an hour to get on the ride. Oh, jeez. Uh, so it was horrible. And uh, I, I hate all those kids and their matching shirts and their high-waisted <laughs> shorts. And uh, they are all, I just, I, I, I spite them all. So that was the Spain portion of the park stuff. Um, we ended up deciding to take a side trip in the middle of the trip. Originally, we were going to just drive around Spain and uh, visit Andorra and maybe do some stuff in the south of France. And then we were like, yeah, it sounds like a bad idea. So let's, let's do the really rational thing and uh, take a bus back to the airport and fly to Germany because that seems like a totally sensible solution. Why not? Yeah, why, why not? So we flew to Stuttgart. Um, we took the same route that a few years ago a depressed pilot uh, crashed a plane full of people into the mountain on. 
oh. the same airline. Great. Um, so necessarily terrible. I did get to see the, the gate attendant get slapped uh, <laughs> over a delay on the way there, and the person was promptly arrested. So that was interesting. Um, went to Germany. So by the time we got to Germany, after our hour and a half delay and, and miraculously making it to the national desk before they closed at 1130 with like five minutes to spare, uh, my wife and I were just like, should we go to Holiday Park tomorrow? Should we go to Tripstrill? What should we do? And like when we woke up the next morning, you know, we thought about some more. And then it was like, you know what? I can't deal with kids. Mm-hmm. I, I can't. I can deal with a couple kids, but but not many. So we need to we need to not do like a park centric day. Like we need to just like just drive. Like if I'm in a car and I'm driving on the autobahn, like that's great. Like I'm totally happy with that. And uh, we had actually I, I had made sure to say you know I might drive it internationally my car. And uh, so we did. We we ended up just we literally had set the car for Holiday Park, driven 15 minutes, and then switched it to Connie Park in Switzerland, which nobody, almost nobody's heard of this park, and I don't blame them for having not heard of it. It's not far from uh, where we were. It's about two and a half hour drive from Stuttgart, and Connie Land is probably the weirdest park in two years. years. Mm-hmm. There's nothing about that park that is ordinary. Um, it's probably five acres, maybe six. It has one major roller coaster, which is Cobra, and that was my my wife's 500th roller coaster was Cobra. Oh, there you go. Yay. Cobra is a shuttle loop built by the PAX company. PAX is based in Moscow, Russia. Um, okay. They, they've never built a ride in America. Um, like, usually outside of Russia, like, their rides basically are like this one at Connieland. They have something at some bootleg Wild West Park in France and, like, Bahrain. Okay. Like, this is not a company that usually builds big stuff. Um, the shuttle loop has so if you've ever played Roller Coaster Tycoon, a shuttle loop is basically a non-full uh, circuit roller coaster. Has a spike that you go back, and then it releases you, and then you go through a loop, and then there's another spike, and you do the whole thing in reverse. And Connie Land's version, the back spike has like a bend to it, so it's beyond vertical, and it pulls you up with like a, a pulley winch sort of thing, and then it releases you. You go through the station. There's two negative G hills, like bunny hills, then the loop, and then the back spike, which is probably at like 140 degree incline, so way past vertical, to the point where it's another inversion, and then it barely makes it back to the station. It probably, it probably like valleys on a regular basis. <laughs> really strange roller coaster. They have a kitty coaster that just opened literally the week before we showed up. Uh, it turned out it had a 40-kilogram weight limit. So uh, I, I'm more than double that, so that didn't happen. <laughs> um, there was a dark ride called Dino Attack. I want to know more about this. It's, it, has, it has lots lots and lots of animatronics for all those people who hate screens. <laughs> Dino Attack has covered with animatronic dinosaurs. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying it has animatronic <laughs> dinosaurs. It has little jeeps. You have a gun, and you shoot these targets. There's no score, and it seemed like the dinosaurs moved anyways. And um, it's it's it is it's it's kind of like it's almost like it's in a golf dome. Mm-hmm. If you've ever been to a, a golf dome, a driving range indoors, it has kind of like that kind of shape to it. Okay. Uh, or like 
in terms of what the building is, it looks very temporary. Like somebody got a bunch of animatronic dinosaurs and then also got like an electric car ride. And they were like, what if we do both of these and then, and then put it in the golf dome and then we call it and then we like theme it to Jurassic Park, but don't call it that. And they were like, that's, that's great. Let's do it. And then they were like, we got guns. We have guns now. Should we add the guns? Yeah, let's add the guns. How, could, how can this go wrong? So that was something. Um, <clears throat> mammoth tree. Mm-hmm. You talk about mammoth tree. Mammoth tree is the most important ride of, of our generation. Okay. It's the, it's the most important thing that's happened to the theme park industry in, in 75 years, at least. <laughs> at least. Okay. Mammoth tree is a gondola. It's like a sky ride with one gondola. The gondola holds 16 people. Okay. Like suspended lap bar seating. And there's a tree in the middle of the ride that you go through. And what happens is you, you, you go on this huge gondola <laughs> through the tree to the other spike. So it's like a scenic ride. And then you go back to the tree. And then the tree has doors that close. Okay. And, and, and things happen inside the tree to your skyride gondola that are unimaginable. Actually, they're, they're quite easy to imagine, but there's wind effects. There uh-huh. are fire effects. Really? There's explosions. There's sparks. There's a hydraulic ram that hits the side of, the, uh, of this thing to make it tilt back and forth huh. and rock it. And then there's like some sort of like angry German voice that's, that's saying awful things to you while all of this happens. It's <coughs> amazing. It's amazing. Mammoth Tree is the greatest thing. I would say it's the second best ride of the whole trip. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. We, we went on it and we were like, oh my god. What, what happened? Who did this? <laughs> we don't know who made it. We don't know who came up with the idea. We don't know how it was built. We don't know when it was built. I know nothing about this ride. I don't know anyone that's even told me about Mammoth Tree. It could be brand new. It might have opened last week. I don't know. <laughs> Phenomenal. It's phenomenal. That park is bizarre. There's no, like I said, nothing is normal there. There's mm-hmm. one kitty ride where you like you sit in these cars in like a kitty carousel, and you're like facing a tree in these cars, okay? Mm-hmm. And and the tree has like woodland creatures on it, and you shoot the woodland creatures, and then they move around and you get points, mm-hmm. and then like somebody wins, like out of the fifteen cars on this weird thing, and then like the train just goes through the middle of the park. And there's no gates or anything like that. You just, like, are not supposed to get run over by the train. Okay. And also there's sea lions. <laughs> so, so that's Connie land. Uh, that was part of our long driving day where we drove through Switzerland, Austria, and Liechtenstein for the purpose of being able to say that we drove through Switzerland, Austria, mm-hmm. and Liechtenstein. Uh, the next day we had tickets and express passes, thank God, for Legoland Deutschland, which is very much a Legoland park. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very similar to the one in San Diego. Um, the dark rides there, it has two dark rides. It has one of the Ninjago dark rides. So I got to go on a Ninjago, which is cool. Um, it doesn't have guns, but it's still a shooting dark ride. You wave your hand over a sensor, and you fire fireballs at stuff on screens. Okay. And I believe it's trackless. I want to say it's trackless also. Didn't that one just it, open in Orlando also? Not Orlando, the... The, yeah, uh, they did. Yeah, yeah the did. Florida one. Okay, yeah. Yeah, they, they've opened like five of them, like overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 
it's tough to target with your hand throwing it over the sensor. And then you just start like, it's like you're hitting a speed bag is what we were basically trying to do. And it was a workout. And uh, it was okay. okay. I won the people in the car, but I don't know how. Um, <laughs> so just consider that. Like if I don't know how to, how to win on a ride, like there may be some issues with the interactivity. Um, there's a ride called Lost Kingdom Adventure, which is a little bit like the one that's in Florida, but a lot shorter. It's mm-hmm. like, it, it feels like it's 45 seconds. Um, the Dragon Coaster there is pretty decent. Um, it's very similar to the other ones that they've built. There's a Mac Wild Bouse, which was my 800th roller coaster. Ye for me. Yay. Uh, they have a Miniland. Um, it was also a Star Wars Adventure Weekend. And so there were a lot of people dressed up as as like, you know, all sorts of cosplaying characters, but like a really disturbing number of stormtroopers for Germany. Um, (laughs) I I thought that, you know, that lacked a little bit of like self-awareness on their part, or maybe they are aware, but um, a slight Freudian slip. Yeah, 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 it just it didn't look good. Like it it was a little uncomfortable. I was like, is this what you want to do right now? Uh, but they, but it existed. That happened. Uh, it was interesting. Uh, it's Temple Expedition is what the uh, the the interactive dark ride that just has guns is called, and it's it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we skipped Jungle Expedition because my wife did not want to get wet. That's their log flume, and uh, it looked all right. Uh, Safari Tour is very similar to the one in Florida. It's basically an electric car ride around animatronic animals. So it's like the Lego. Um, Kilimanjaro Safaris. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. I'm just looking at the list here. There's the Fire Dragon, which is basically the dragon, is what they call it at Florida and uh, San Diego, which is kind of, it's basically a slightly bigger version, if you want to imagine, of like a roller skater with a dark ride portion at the beginning. Uh, dragon Hunt was the longest wait that we had because we had bought these, the super nice express passes. <clears throat> so, of course, we waited, you know, over half an hour for a kitty coaster. Because <laughs> that's what you guys do. Fly. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's what we do. Flying Ninjago is a Gerstlauer Skyfly. Um, first one that was built in the U.S. was the one over at um, Mall of America that was themed to Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is a Ninjago theme also. If you have the super expensive Fast Pass, you get one ride on it, um, which is fine because it's like on one second do, 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 just have to demand the cat get off my couch so I don't have to clean up a hairball from it <laughs> so uh, yeah so anyways it's it's okay it has like a 40 second ride cycle it's pathetically short uh-huh. but it had like an hour plus line so we just like skipped past everybody and then left the park after we did that um, train's okay they have uh, robo coasters um, they have the bionicle themed robo coaster still which they never got at Florida Okay. There, which you basically, you know, if you think of of the Kuka arms on Harry Potter or mm-hmm. some of Roll Thrills, but without the screen, mm-hmm. it's basically what it is. And uh, you know, we asked for the extreme uh, program for it, and that was decent. So as far as like park goes, it was a Legoland, and mm-hmm. it, it was there. We did it. Um, and then the last park of the trip was Tripstrill. Tripstill was the best park by far. The best. The best. Tripstill is so great. I can't tell everybody in the world 
enough about how good Trips Drill is. Everything about Trips Drill is wonderful. All of it. The whole thing. Has the best coaster of the trip, which is Caracho. Mm-hmm. Caracho is so good. <clears throat> Caracho is a Gerstauer Eurofighter with lap bars. I know that's a lot of like jargon that doesn't make sense to most people, but basically it's a, a really awesome steel roller coaster with inversions. There's a wood coaster there called Mammoth that's okay. And then there's then stuff just gets everything there's weird too. It's it's the oldest park in Germany. It's family owned. Mm-hmm. It's a full bore theme park. And the themes, again, like I said with Port Aventura, if you don't have IP and you try, you end up with crazy <clears throat> stuff. Their log flume is amazing. The log flume vehicles are, are bathtubs. <laughs> and bathtubs. <laughs> and they're bathtubs because you're supposed to, it's about bathing in the water. Because the water gives you like eternal life. Like it makes you young again. Sure. Yeah. And, and there's actually, there's like a big, there's a big like set scene inside in the log flume where you go past where you see mannequins of like old people. It's all static. There's no animatronics on this particular ride. But there's, you have old people and they go into the water and they come out the other side and they become like young, beautiful, nubile people who are completely nude <laughs> and their nipples and there's pubic hair. And then, and then you go through like another area and do some more lift till and then you go for like your first drop. That's sure. There's like a part. It's so that, like the, like everything everything there has has a theme. Like none of it is none of it's like a completely unthemed thing. Like all the rides have themes, and the themes are outrageous. They have a ride. It's it's what they call a waltzer in Europe. Uh, we call them tilt a whirls. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's the bunt cake ride. Yeah, and sure. You're, you're in a bunt cake, mm-hmm. and in the center of the ride, there's like baker animatronics baking bunt cakes. It mm-hmm. is amazing. Everything there is super good. Like even if it, even if it's bad, even if the animatronics are like kind of like mediocre because they're obviously built like by the people there. Mm-hmm. There's like a charm to it that's just unbelievable. There's there's monorail, so you pedal to make the monorail go. Okay, mm-hmm. and like under where that monorail is, there's an area with bicycles that are all wacky. Like they have springs mm-hmm. and like pistons and stuff that cause the seats to go up and down or like the forks to move as you and you can just like take a bike and like ride it around. That's insane. There's there's no barriers around anything. Um, again, like if there's like if if you picture something like one fish, two fish, like there's just no barriers around it. Like if you were like, I just decide I want to kill myself, you could just like walk in front of the ride and just be like ground like into into. <laughs> And nobody can stop you because it's German, and that's how things work. I have an awesome rash on my left arm from doing the slide in the old windmill because it's like a it's like an old, completely outrageous slide, which I don't know who built it, and I don't know they well I know who built it. They built it in like 1929, and uh, clearly they had no idea how to design it because it's way too fast and it has like 90 degree turns where there should not be. Mm-hmm. And I hit the side of it, and it hurts. And uh, you know, occasionally I pick at it, and it bleeds. And that's okay. <laughs> um, just everything, everything is wild. Caracho, which I mentioned, the Gerslauer ride, has like this theme of like a guy 
who is like a crazy inventor and is trying to create a flying machine. He's basically like Rube Goldberg. And there's like a Rube Goldberg device that they've constructed in the station house for this. Oh my. And there's like, <laughs> they've like built his workshop and, you know, he's written on the chalkboard and mm-hmm. he passed him while sleeping at night at one point in his bed. <laughs> and all of this leads up to the actual ride, which, again, totally awesome. I, I actually had like watched one POV of it like three, four months ago and I was like, oh, okay, it looks cool. And I forgot everything about it. The ride basically like comes out of the station, turns right, dips about five feet, and then goes into a zero G roll immediately. Wow. Even before you hit the launch. And then you hit the launch and then, like all sorts of stuff happens. Um, the wood coaster is, is all right, Mammoth. But even it has like this huge pre scene on the lift hill. Mm-hmm. And like audio all the way up the lift hill, and then there's another coaster there, which I don't know how to pronounce it, um, but it it has like it's themed to being a sleigh ride, and it, it's intertwined with the log flume that has the uh, the bathtub seating. Yeah, and that sleigh ride coaster is also completely bonkers and really good, and has like huge pre scenes that you pass through that explain like in german obviously like this is a sleigh ride it's winter time we love sleighs um the rapids ride has a theme to like washing clothes i think yeah sure yeah and there's like old washing machines and animatronics <laughs> like washing clothes and like mm-hmm. a huge display of like 300 irons <laughs> there's an area in the park where you enter a building and you you give them your pass that you use to get in and they scan it, and then they give you a glass. And then you go down, and then you, you can use your coins to get wine samples. What? 50. Yeah. That's nuts. So anybody, anybody can go. It's amazing. Like, everything, this park is so good. Tripstrel is great. It, it makes no sense. Um, if, you, if you're like, oh, I want a theme park, like, everything is themed. Everything has an outrageously bizarre theme. There's animatronics everywhere you look. There's, this, there's a walkthrough house that has like all these cut they have like animatronic scenes you press a button and then like something happens and one of the scenes involves a prostitute oh okay sure i don't know what she's saying and i don't know what it's about there's another one with like a destitute boxer who's been knocked out it's incredible it's great um a lot of the animatronics are old too like they're they're pre-1950 so all i can say is if you're thinking about going to parks if you're thinking about going to like europa for instance uh, Europa is a good park. It's a really good park. I like it a lot. But Tripstrill is so different. Like a lot of people that go to Europa who are Disney people complain about how Europa <clears throat> off stuff from Disney, which they did. Mm-hmm. Tripstrill doesn't have any of that. Tripstrill is so its own beast. And it's so obviously its own beast. And the rides that are there are so weird and bonkers and different and just abjectly German. Like the Maypole ride, like, <laughs> like you're looking at this thing. It's like it's got like wicker basket seats, and you control like vertical motion with a joystick. And you're like, who did this? Who did any of this? There's a, there's a soup ride, there's a bunt cake ride, there's a <laughs> wine barrel ride. The drop tower has like an animatronic figure moving up and down on a rope, and like it's crazy. There's a there's a trackless car ride. That I guess only kids can ride because I got kicked off on for not having a kid. Um, yeah. Amazing. The best park. Love Trips Drill. Great. Um, aside from that, we obviously we did other stuff in Europe too, not just parks. But 
I had a lot of delayed flights, and uh, I'm exhausted, man. I, I, even my flight, even to get to Europe in the first place, my, my first flight from Sarnia to Toronto was canceled. So I had to drive like a oh. mad, like two and a half hours to get to the Toronto airport to hopefully make my flight. And then, of course, it was delayed anyways. So uh, oh there you go. I don't know if anyone has any questions for that one. But. Uh, man, I'm just, uh, no, I need to process that. I may ask you questions like after I re- listen to this episode again. That was so. So much information to take in. Yeah, trip drill. Trip drill. Trip drill even has a zoo. We didn't even get to do the zoo. There's a zoo. And you take a train there, <laughs> and, and you pay like two euros to take the train. And we're like, oh, I wish we had time to take the train to go to the zoo because they have well, a zoo. Yeah. So trip drill, sure. amazing, the best. Okay. Well, we're. Get, I'm getting tired. You're tired. Everyone's tired. We'll call this a night. Alan, where can we find you at online? At. Um. PubMed for my publication that just came out. There you go. On systolic blood pressure and uh, neurocognitive disorder. Yay, you're finally so, published. So hit me up. Yeah, 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 we finally did that. Um, or I finally did that. I mean, my, my, my team does lots of stuff. But uh, also, God's on Safari on Twitter. Cool. Nick, where can we find you at? And also, do you have any uh, questions for Alan? Because that was an insane trip report. Uh, if I do, I don't even know where to begin. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you, you can find me at Parkscope Nick on the Twitters. Awesome. You can find me at Parkscope Joe. You can find all of us at Parkscope. Go subscribe on iTunes. Leave us nice reviews. All that fun jazz. On behalf of everyone, I need to go to bed and sleep and watch some on-ride videos of all the Tripstole attractions. And I'll see you guys later. Kungaloosh. <laughs>